Let's hear the word of God we're reading tonight again from Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, and we'll take the trouble to read at least the first nine verses of the chapter. Daniel chapter 12, let's hear the word of the Lord, reading of course from the authorized version. The words will come up on the screen, we'd encourage you to get a copy of your own Bible and follow in the reading, and then you can mark it accordingly. Let's hear the word of the Lord. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand, and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times, and in half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the end of the time. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own infallible and inerrant word. Now this evening, I want to continue our series of expository sermons in the book of Daniel. And my text is found in Daniel chapter 12, uh, verses 4 through to 9 this evening. And my theme is entitled, Understanding the Revelation of Jesus Christ at His Coming. Now remember Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 all belong together. I've told you this often. They form one continuous long vision. These three chapters all deal with the final vision that the Lord Jesus Christ himself gave to Daniel the prophet. Now remember where Daniel was. He was in Shushan Palace in Babylon. That's in modern day Iraq. In fact, he was on the border of the river Tigris. Remember what age he is, approximately. He's about 90 years old now. 
He has come a long, long way from when he first entered Babylon as a teenager, where he stood faithfully as a valiant for the truth in chapter 1, verse 8, and refused Nebuchadnezzar's wine and meat. Truly remarkable that all these years he has been faithfully honoring and serving the Lord. All of these years he has proved to the Lord that he himself has been faithful and true to the Lord's cause. It was this same Daniel that was uncompromising in refusing King Nebuchadnezzar's food and wine as a teenager. It was this same Daniel who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great image and explained the course of world history uh, for many, many centuries. It was this same Daniel who uh, faced the den of lions. It was this same Daniel who saw and witnessed the demise of the Babylonian Empire and the rise of the Medes and Persian Empire. It was this same Daniel who um, uh, saw the rise of the little horn, the, the Antichrist. It was this same Daniel uh, who... Um, uh, witnessed the rise of the Medes and Persian Empire. In fact, this vision was given in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Uh, uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In that very year, the third year of the reign of Cyrus, the Lord gave to Daniel this final, long, detailed prophecy. And remember that in all its forms, one section is linked together. And it must be read as one unit. And I've told you this in the past. Chapter 10, 1 to 21 is the introduction. Chapter 11, 1 to 45. Chapter 12, 1 to 13. And much of what has been shown to Daniel, remember, is prophetic. The key is chapter 10, verse 14. It was to do with the future of the land of Israel uh, in particular. Uh, And God was predicting to Daniel. He was telling uh, Daniel what was going to happen in the future. Now, for us, as we read it, uh, much of it is in the historical past. Some of it is yet to be fulfilled. Now, as I've attempted to expound this final vision, I broke it up into component parts. We thought about the long spiritual war between uh, God and the devil, the forces of uh, truth and righteousness and the forces of evil. Uh, We then thought about the battle for Israel's survival. We thought about the foreshadowing of the Antichrist. We thought about understanding the great tribulation period. And last week, we thought about understanding the doctrine of the resurrection, Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Now, tonight, I want us to look together at verse 4 right through to verse 9, uh, because this portion helps to form the conclusion uh, to this unique and final prophecy. And remember, the Lord Jesus is still speaking to Daniel. He's still giving to Daniel uh, this message, which turns out to be a wonderful, a verbal vision of himself. So tonight we're thinking of the theme, understanding the vision of Jesus Christ at his coming. And, and I have three things I want to share with you. Think firstly of the prophetic pattern revealed to Daniel. Look at verse 4. It says there, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now come down to verse 9. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now keep in mind, 
The Lord Jesus is still speaking to Daniel. But thou, O Daniel. The Lord Jesus is addressing Daniel. He's showing Daniel things, remember, that has to do with the end times. Chapter 10, verse 14, a key verse. Now am I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days? For yet the vision is for many days. Chapter 11, and in the verse uh, 35 we read, And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Daniel 11, verse 40, And at the time of the end. And then we come to chapter 12, verse 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince that standeth for the children of thy people. The Lord Jesus is showing Daniel things regarding the future of the land of Israel in particular. Things that were spiritually significant. Things that were real. Things that were up to date. And all of these things historically and literally came to pass. The Lord Jesus showed Daniel things that was going to happen in the future. The fall of Babylon. The rise of the Medes and Persians. And then following that, the rise of the Grecian Empire with Alexander the Great. And then the breakup of his kingdom among his four generals. The, the fallouts, the battles. The, the rise of uh, 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 Antiochus Epiphanes. The foreshadowing of the final Antichrist. The, the battle for Israel's survival. Much of what happened in the past is all historical now. But there are other things here that has to do with the future. The rise of the revised Roman Empire. The manifestation of the final Antichrist. The, the fulfillment of Daniel's 70 week. Remember that seven year pact with the Jewish leaders? And in the middle of that, according to Daniel 9 and 27, three and a half years into that pact, the Antichrist will break the peace treaty. The abomination of desolation will be set up in the middle of that. And that uh, will, will trigger what we would really call the Great Tribulation Period. And at the end of that Great Tribulation Period, they'll be ushering in the day of the Lord when this world, the sun, moon, and stars will go dark. And then at that point, according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, there'll be the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power and glory, and there'll be the resurrection of the dead saints to life. Now, that's all future. And that's all yet come to pass. Now often, many in the Christian church approach future things with a dose of curiosity. Now that can be helpful. And that can be helpful and healthy to think about future things. But it can also be unhelpful and unhealthy, because for some it becomes an obsession. And by and by, those individuals then want to pry into prophetic things, things that are not explained by the Lord or revealed by the Holy Spirit, and they feel that they have all the answers to these future prophetic things. And they start preaching about these prophetic things. 
And they start sharing a lot of nonsense about their foolish views regarding future things. And sadly, the work of God is affected and the church of Jesus Christ suffers. Now, now look at the counsel the Lord Jesus gave to Daniel, verse 4. What does he tell us there? He tells us this, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Daniel, I have no new information for you. Daniel, here's my last word. Seal up thy words. Seal the book. Daniel, put a full stop in all your prophetic ministry. See the words there in verse 4. Shut up the words and seal the book. That has to do with preservation. The words being preserved to the end of time. In the knowledge that all the events that have been prophesied will historically come to pass. You think here of verse 5, it says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two other, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. Now remember, that's the river Tigris. We'll show you that there from Daniel chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, in a little moment. It's called Hiddekel. And one angel put a question to Christ. It says, And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, Notice this, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? The angel was curious. The angel wanted to know. And here's the answer that was given. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. That's a reference, of course, to three and a half years. That's the days of the final Antichrist, when he, he's a reference here in verse 7 to the final Antichrist. It's the 70th week. It's in the middle of that week. And he breaks the covenant that he has made with the Jewish people and sets up the abomination of desolation and takes away the uh, daily sacrifice. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the holy people, then all these things shall be finished. In other words, Antichrist will do as he pleases during this time until all things shall be accomplished according to the mind and will of God. Look with me at chapter 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? So Daniel's asking the same question. Now it's interesting that Daniel gets the same answer. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now that's interesting. Daniel, I have no new information for you. Daniel, I have nothing more to add. Daniel, it's important that you grasp this. You see, it's repeated to Daniel. I want you to understand that. It's essential here for Christ to restate to Daniel the prophet what he told the angel. I have nothing new to say. I have nothing new to reveal. 
The prophecy that's been given is now complete. And what does he tell Daniel to do? Shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Notice he says in verse 12, and or chapter 12, verse 4, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. What does that mean? This, of course, is a spiritual hot potato. Some men believe that it means that men will travel all over the world in cars and airplanes and trains and whatever. So there'll be worldwide travel. Others say, of course, it means and knowledge shall be increased. It means that men will get smarter and smarter and that certain men will have brilliant minds and there'll be great scientific discovery and scientific knowledge. And, 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 and that may be an interpretation. But I don't believe that's the meaning. Shut up the book. Seal the words, even to the time of the end. Why? Because men shall run to and fro and try to understand certain prophetic things. Things understood by the true followers of Jesus Christ. And many men will try but not understand because these things are not grasped by human ingenuity. And, and, and by themselves they'll know nothing of the coming of Christ in power and glory. And, and many teachers will arise. And many teachers will search in pursuit of information and knowledge. But they'll have no understanding of the things of God. That's what it means. Surely there's comfort tonight in we of the book. Surely there's comfort tonight and we have got the words of the living God with the divine seal upon it. The words of the book. The words are closed up. They're sealed to the end of time because there's nothing more to reveal. There, 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 there's nothing more to add. And, and the inquiry by the angel and the inquiry by the Lord's prophet, they get the same answer. There's nothing more to add. There's nothing new. This, this is a message, a prophecy about the end of time. Here's the prophet of God. And he's been told by the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not going to bring forth any new revelation to you, Daniel. I have nothing more to add. No new information. Now ponder that carefully, folks. Listen to me as I apply that. Now why do I emphasize that? Because some men confidently want to set dates for the coming of Jesus Christ. And of that day and that hour, no man knows. Only the Father. And ponder carefully for men try to tell us who they believe the final Antichrist is. And when it turns out that individual's not the final Antichrist, then men get disappointed and disillusioned. And, and the church suffers and is affected. Ponder carefully, for men want us to consider what's been broadcast in the news and current affairs and current events. And then they take those affairs and current events and try to apply them to the biblical text and tell us prophecies being fulfilled. But here's the Lord Jesus, the head of the church, and there's nothing further to add to Daniel. There's no new information. There's no fresh information in terms of special revelation. See, the Lord was saying to Daniel as an old man now at 90 years of age, Daniel, your prophetic ministry is over. Here's a, a, a prophetic pattern established as you prepare yourself for the coming 
of Christ. A prophetic pattern revealed to Daniel. Notice something else. The preeminent person revealed to Daniel. Look with me at verse 5. They and I, Daniel, looked and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. Now we'll pause there. You see, the person revealed to Daniel is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me at chapter 12 and verse 7. And I heard the man clothed in linen. That's the third reference to the man clothed in linen. The second reference is in verse 6. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. Now turn back to chapter 10 and look with me at verse 5. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. You see, link it up. Chapter 10, verse 4 gives us the time. It's the fourth and twentieth day of the first month. This is the time of the um, Passover for the Jewish people. And, And Daniel tells us not only the time, but he tells us the place. He says there, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hiddekel. There's two rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris. And Hiddekel has to do with the Tigris. And in that place, this is what he saw. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen. Now, now what did he see? He saw the preeminence of Christ. Link it up, chapter 10, verse 5, with uh, chapter uh, 12, verse 6, and verse 7. Think of these two other uh, angelic creatures, on one on each side of the river bank. And in the middle, there's a man clothed in linen. And notice uh, what, what the Bible actually tells us. It, it, it says there, And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. Do you see the word upon the waters of the river? And then the same thing is told us in verse 7. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. Think of the word upon again. Do you know that that word upon literally means above? You're getting a glimpse here into the preeminence and centrality of Christ. You see... Christ is central and preeminent to all the doctrine of his person and work. This man clothed in linen is in the center. He's preeminent and he's upon the waters. That means he's above the waters. See, remember the Lord Jesus is speaking to Daniel all the way through this final vision. From the 24th day of the first month, the month of Passover, when Daniel is by the Tigris, all the time he's been speaking to Daniel, right up to now, and then we come to the words in verse 4, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words. And Daniel says, then I, Daniel, looked and behold. And then he says in verse 7, and I heard the man clothed in linen. And then he tells us, then said I, O my Lord, Notice the word Lord in verse 8. What shall be to the end of these things? 
You see, the man clothed in linen is the very same person. Daniel 10 verse 4, Daniel 12, 6 and 7. It's a wonderful description of the Lord Jesus. As Daniel looked, Daniel saw the Lord above the waters. He saw something of the preeminence of Christ. Remember what we read in the book of Colossians? It says in Colossians chapter 1, 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. It's a clear picture of the risen victorious Christ. It's a glorious vision. And it's designed to comfort Daniel. It's designed to encourage not only Daniel but every other child of God. So the child of God knows that he's on the victory side. The days were dark for Daniel. The days were going to be difficult and dangerous. You, you, you think of these uh, days of tribulation, murder and mayhem, and in days of darkness and difficulty and danger. Here's the comfort for the child of God. We can fix our eyes in Christ. We can, we can say to our soul, never lose sight of Jesus. Oh, for a fresh glimpse of Christ, the Christ of Calvary. Oh, that we discover that there's safety in the power of the shed blood. Oh, that we know the certainty of the pardon of the shed blood. It was all a reminder to Daniel. Daniel saw the preeminence of Christ. Here's the preeminent person revealed to Daniel. But not only that, I believe that Daniel saw something of Christ's priesthood and kingship. Jesus Christ, seen in this vision to Daniel, is dressed in linen. Daniel 10 and 5, Daniel 12, 6 and 7, clothed in linen. Jesus Christ is seen in the dress of the priestly king. See, remember, Jesus Christ is our prophet. He's our priest. He is our king. I believe that Daniel was getting a little glimpse of the heavenly Melchizedek, the one who is described by Isaiah as the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor. Because Christ in heaven this day occupies the three offices in his role as Redeemer, the office of prophet and priest and king. If you look there at uh, Daniel again, and you'll see in Jan Daniel chapter 10, we read something wonderful. It says, and I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in colour to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Over there in the... Um, Psalm 110, we uh, read uh, these tremendous words. Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy uh, footstool. It says in verse 4, The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, and Christ dressed in the fine linen is emblematic of his uh, purity. 
a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. It says he had his loins girded with fine gold of Uphaz. That's a picture of his sovereignty. He, he wore a golden girdle around his loins. Here he was showing, in a sense, what office he had. He had sovereign right and authority to bear rule. Because Christ as priest is not only pure, but he's also sovereign. And it tells us here that his body was also like the beryl. It's not interesting. The beryl is blue in color. It's a reference to his humanity. He had a true manhood. Daniel tells us here that he's seen a certain man. And the word certain in the margin is one man. And, and uh, in Daniel chapter uh, 12, uh, and in the context here in 5 and 6 and 7, we read about the man uh, to using the, the definite article. And remember what we read in the book of Romans, in uh, Romans uh, chapter 5 uh, and in the verse 19. Uh, there's a tremendous statement there. Um, it, it tells us very clearly These words, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteousness. And the reference to many is a multitude. But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, the Bible tells us, sat down on the right hand of God. 1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Think of Christ on the cross. Think of him giving himself up on the death. Think of his voluntary sacrificial giving of himself on the basis of grace and love for sinners, even to the point of shedding his precious blood. When you think of the priesthood of Christ, think of his purity, his sovereignty, his humanity. But think of something else, his divine glory. It says his face as the appearing of lightning. Daniel 10 and verse 6. That's a reference to his divine glory. Then you see something of his honesty. His eyes as lamps of fire. You see, there's nothing hidden before the eyes of Christ. He sees all, he hears all, he knows all, he reveals all. He, he can see and know all your sin and mine. You can't hide your sin from him. You know that you're a sinner. You need to be saved. You've got a precious soul. You need to repent and receive Christ. You see, his eyes are as lamps of fire and he sees you in all your need tonight. Arms and feet like polished brass is a reference to his victory. And oh, how he's been victorious in battle. Brass speaks of judgment. Christ is victorious. His voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. There's his authority. He, he, he bears the right to speak. What's the Lord saying to you tonight? Here's how you're to live out your life. You're to focus on Christ. Not only is he preeminent, but he's also got a royal priesthood. You've got to think of his purity, his humanity, his sovereignty, his honesty, his glory, his victory, his authority. We, we, we need to get our eyes on the Lord. Not what is happening in the world. Many tonight are fearful. Many are fretting. They've got their eyes in men. They've got their eyes in movements. They've got their eyes in politicians and people. But, but Daniel didn't. Daniel saw and looked and heard upon the Lord. And, and it's as if Christ was saying to Daniel, Daniel, look at me. Daniel, listen to me in these last days. Could I tell you something else? He saw the power of Christ. 
He saw Christ upon the waters. Daniel discovered that Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the Lord of all. He, he rules as king over all the nations. He's above the water. This is the Tigris. Hidekel, this is in modern day Iraq. And the water is a symbol of nations and people. Now, how do I know that? Did I make that up? No, turn with me in your Bible. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 15. Revelation 17 and 15. And he said unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sittest, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. I want you to link it up in your mind with Psalm 93 and in the verse 1. Because it says there in Psalm 93 and the verse 1, it makes a tremendous statement. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established and it cannot be moved. And even if you look on in that Psalm, verses 4 and 5, the voice of the floods, the voice of the waves that rise against him, he is mightier, he is greater, he is all-powerful, he is more powerful. It says, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. And in these days, Daniel was told, in Daniel 2 and 44, in the days of these kings, that's the revised Roman Empire, as they come to an end, God himself, the God of heaven, shall set up a kingdom. Why? Because Christ is Lord of all. Christ is over all. Now, Daniel, close the book. There's nothing more that anyone needs to know. The priestly king, he is king over the nations of the earth. Could I tell you something else very quickly? Bear with me. The priestly king is king over the angels of heaven. You, you, you think of the, the, the angelic world. Think of this question that one of the angels asked. He was only a creature. He, he goes to the one who is the prophet, priest, and king. He has a question. He's just a creature and he wants to learn. He wants to learn from Christ about Christ in the end times. He discovers who he really is. He's a creature. He's dependent. He exists according to the mind and will of God. He is not God. He doesn't have perfect knowledge. He is not omniscient. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1 and 6 that all the angels worship him. And over there in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, and in the verse 10, we read a tremendous statement there. And this is what it says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. See, even the prophet and priest and king, the, the priestly king who is Christ, he is king and he reigns supreme over the very angels of heaven. Could I add to that? He reigns supreme over all demonic forces. He presides over all as Lord of all and King of kings. That, that, that includes men and even includes the, the prophet Daniel. Do you know that there's foolish teaching abroad today? Some Pentecostal circles, some charismatic circles, they teach that the devil's in control of this world. They teach that the devil defeated Christ. 
That the devil's to be feared. That the devil can, by his demons, um, possess uh, many of God's people who are born of the Spirit. That, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The devil is a defeated foe. The devil's head has been broken. You don't need to fear the devil. The devil's not above the person and power of Christ. And oh, that we would see the, the preeminent person revealed to Daniel, not only in his preeminence and in his priesthood, but in his power. He, he is Lord over the nations, Lord over angelic creatures, Lord over the demons of hell, Lord even over his prophets, because he tells Daniel by way of instruction to close up the book and, and shut the words. I want to close tonight, have one final point. The powerful pledge revealed to Daniel. Look with me at chapter uh, 12 again in verse 7. I, I want you to notice something here. The Lord Jesus Christ uttered an oath, and I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the, of the river, when he had held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he, that's the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, that's the Jewish people, all these things shall be finished. Here's Christ uttering an oath, making a powerful pledge, and he revealed it to Daniel about time. And the time here's a reference to the great tribulation. Tribulation periods, a period of seven years. Daniel chapter uh, 9 and verse 27 is the fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week. Uh, and uh, the Antichrist makes a pact with the Jewish leadership of that day. Uh, and uh, that, that ushers in for the Jewish people a, 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 a time of tribulation. But in the middle of that, there's a great tribulation. Uh, and it's triggered by the setting up of the abomination of desolation. And this great tribulation lasts three and a half years. And, and the angel's asking Christ, how long? And he gives the answer. But, but notice before he gives the answer, his actions. He held up both hands. He lifted up his right hand and his left hand to, to indicate that he was telling the truth. You, you think of someone in court, they're asked to lift up their right hand and swear that they're telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But here Christ is lifting up both hands. He is swearing by himself. He has two hands raised before the Lord like this. Remember, he is swearing by himself. He is saying, I am sovereign in time over people, in history, and over all events. Antichrist will come and scatter the holy people. And when he's done all that's foreordained by me and accomplished it all, then all of these things will be finished. You see, remember, Jesus Christ is sovereign. And isn't it comforting to know that he controls the prophetic clock? He created time, he set it in motion, he controls the clock. And he sees all that's happening before his eyes. He sees the rebellion to himself. He sees our own UK government legitimize sodomite marriage. Sodomy was not a new sin, but the legality of a sodomite marriage on the statute books of our country is a new sin. There's a legal recognition contrary to the law of God. Think of the legalities regarding abortion. Northern Ireland is now the worst abortion laws in the whole of the Western world. 
Think of the rights that are given to transgender people. The hate laws that they're planning to introduce in Scotland and in Northern Ireland, which will attack freedom of speech and freedom of conscience. But we want to remember something, and it's this. As I finish tonight, governments are not in charge. Governments only derive their power from Christ. And governments are accountable to him. He is their maker and creator. They're dependent on him. And he is their judge. They're responsible to him. Now what is true about human governments is true about you in your life. What you believe and how you behave. You're dependent on him. And you're accountable to him. He knows all about you. You can't hide from him. You've got a soul. You've got sin that needs to be dealt with. And you need to repent and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Because if he has control of time, then he's control of your life. And he can take your life and, and snuff out your life at any moment of any time. And the Bible says, fear not them which can kill the body, but rather fear him that has power to throw both body and soul into hell. Dost thou fear the Lord tonight? Are you right with the Lord? Are you genuinely and truly saved? Do you belong to him? Think of this powerful pledge revealed to Daniel. Daniel, I have set the time. And when it is accomplished, then all these things shall be finished. And God has a lot of time for you. And when that time is up, your life will be over. And it will be absent from the body. But will it be present with the Lord? Or will you die in your sins, as Jesus said in John 8, 22 to 24, three times, if you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot be. We live in an uncertain age. None of us knows what tomorrow will bring forth. And I urge you to make sure that you have the knowledge that God is maker and God is judge and that you're accountable and dependent on him and you bow the knee to him and you receive him as your Lord and your Savior this very evening. I commend the revelation of Jesus Christ to you as it's revealed to Daniel in this wonderful book. The Lord bless you and thank you for listening in tonight.